Hi, I'm Dr. Divina Lopez, a board-certified pediatrician with over 10 years of experience in pediatrics, and you are listening to Dancing into Parenthood. Hello, hello, everybody. This is Dr. Divina Lopez. Welcome back to Dancing into Parenthood. Today, we are so lucky to have Tracy Jedrizik, an international board-certified lactation consultant in Silicon Valley. After teaching preschool and doing product development in the toy industry, she found her true passion as a lactation consultant after successfully breastfeeding her own two children. She has worked with hundreds of moms and babies in the hospital setting, running support groups, teaching prenatal breastfeeding, and mostly through her private practice, Tracy Lactation. She wrote Latch Baby as a concise, practical, non-judgmental, and illustrated guide to breastfeeding. She hopes that the colorful, easy-to-read format will help support and empower sleep-deprived moms throughout their breastfeeding experience. When Tracy isn't helping new moms and babies, she enjoys reading, cooking, traveling, and spending time with her family, including her two fur babies. Thank you so much, Tracy, for coming on because I found, you know, I found your book on Instagram. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my goodness, what a great guide for anyone who's breastfeeding. Like, I totally wish that this was out when I was breastfeeding my baby seven years ago. Uh, so I thought this would be such an amazing resource for new parents, new moms, um, or even moms that are expecting so they can get an idea of, um, you know, what to, what to expect when they're breastfeeding or even how to prepare themselves for, you know, that whole new journey. Um, so please, you know, I, I, I just... I'm so thrilled that you said yes to this, that you sent me the book, which I, I love, 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 because the illustrations make everything so easy. Um, and they're just, it's a really nice book because it's not too um, long. I think all the chapters are so like to the point and exactly what they need to know. But Great. thank you so much. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so <laughs> happy to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming. So what is the most important thing a mom can do before her baby arrives? Well, there's really nothing that a mom needs to do with, you know, her breasts at all. Um, her breasts have been starting to make milk um, since about week 14 of her pregnancy. So, you know, everything is ready to go there. Um, but one thing she could do is um, contact her health insurance company ahead of time. Yes. Um, it's a good idea to ask them about what their coverage is for lactation consulting visits. Mm -hmm. um, they may approve something that is through a doctor or a hospital. They may approve home visits, which most women prefer. Um, and they also typically cover the cost of a pump. Mm -hmm. So a breast pump. So they'll have, you know, typically a website that you can go to and look at the different pumps and order one. And it's really a good idea to have one ahead of time because most moms don't need a breast pump in the first month, but there are cases where you do. Mm -hmm. And it's just a good idea to have one on hand in case you need it. So yeah, and even to figure out like how it works. 
Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that's important because you also have to know like the different sizes of the phalanges and everything. So, you know, I think um, that's a really good idea to do before the baby arrives because once the baby's here, like that's one of the last things that you want to have to do in the middle of the night or, you know, try to figure that out. It could be a little complicated sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And what do you think is the biggest misconception about breastfeeding? Well, from the... um, prenatal breastfeeding classes that I've taught, what I've, you know, found is that most people are very worried about whether it's going to hurt, whether it's going to be hard and very time consuming, um, you know, and and probably painful is the most, you know, the most concerning thing that they they have. And and it's understandable. I think a lot of people who are pregnant get a lot of advice and a Mm -hmm. lot of, um, you know, ideas from other people who've had kids. And, you know, if you had a challenging breastfeeding experience, you might share it with a pregnant mom, which can be a little scary. (laughs) Right. Not everybody has a challenging time. You and I have talked about how it was fairly easy for both of us. So I don't want anyone to assume that it's going to be this really hard thing. Um, But it's a good idea to have it on your radar. Most people, when I see them in their home, they'll say, gosh, I didn't think at all about breastfeeding. I was just worried about getting the room ready or I was worried about, Mm -hmm. you know, how I was feeling and just getting through the birth, which is yes. typically a day or less. Yes. And, you know, you're going to be breastfeeding, you know, maybe eight hours a day when you first have your baby, which is very time consuming. Yes. Um, so it's going to be the main thing that you're doing. And so it's really a good idea to get some education ahead of time so that yeah. you're prepared. Yeah, I uh, agree. I think um, a lot of the... most of the time like when the parents come in and and meet me for the first time and they're asking me questions about like breastfeeding the the main concern is you know like how much sleep am I actually going to get how often do I have to do this and you know um can I also use formula with it and you know I'm like everybody is is different every baby is different um and every family dynamic is is just different so I like to take it case by case Yes. And, and figure out like what works best for everyone because yeah. it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. And, you know, mentioning, um, you know, when people ask you like, well, how long, you know, this, how much time is this going to take? How much sleep am I going to get? It, it is really true in the beginning, you know, you, it, your sleep is, you know, very disruptive um, because mm-hmm. the baby needs to eat about every three hours because their tummy is so small. And so they right. just go through it so quickly um, and as the baby's learning to breastfeed and as you're learning, it does take some time in the beginning because, you know, the baby doesn't have a very strong suck when they're only seven pounds, you know, yeah. and as they get bigger and stronger, um, their mouth grows, like you just get so much more comfortable yeah. and it's so quick, it might take 10 minutes and, you know, uh, so many people, you know, in the beginning have asked me, you know, like, gosh, how, you know how long do I have to do this? And they get very worried and think about like, oh, am I supposed to do this for a year? I, I can't even do this today on day four. Right. You know, and then I end up hearing from them at the first birthday and they say like, oh, I'm so glad you helped me. Breastfeeding is so easy. I have no plans of weaning anytime soon, you know? Yeah. So it, it really, once you've got it down, it really is so easy because, yeah. you know, you don't have to clean everything and warm stuff up and, you know, you don't have to worry about all that stuff. So yeah. it is, it is, um, you know, there's a learning curve to it for the mom and for the baby. 
But once you like both get into the flow of it, it's so nice. And so um, I think it just makes the, not only the, the connection between the mom and the baby so much better, but it also has a soothing component to it and helps everyone just to feel really good because the oxytocin, you know, that cuddling hormone. And so yeah. everybody feels really good. And it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful experience. It really is a beautiful experience. Yeah. And um, so what should a new mom do if her baby is having trouble latching or if the breastfeeding is too painful? So, um, you know, I would seek out help as soon as possible. You know, even if mom gives birth at a hospital, um, she should start asking as soon as possible for lactation support um, if she's feeling at all unsure or it's, you know, starting to feel painful because, you know, if you're doing it eight times a day, you know, the pain is not going to get better. It's going to quickly get more challenging if the baby's not latching correctly. And so the sooner you can get intervention and get somebody, a lactation consultant, um, to come and help you, the better. And so whether it's at the hospital or um, once they get home, you know, I always tell people like, let me know as soon as any problems occur, because, you know, I want to come in and help you as soon as possible. Um, so, you know, usually it's just a matter of teaching them how to get the baby on a little deeper, because mm -hmm. a latch is what ensures mom's comfort. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we don't call it nipple feeding, we call it breastfeeding. And so That's we don't right. want the baby right on the nipple, we right. want in more of the areola. Right. Um, and that is what helps mom feel comfortable. Um, if there's, you know, if breastfeeding is too painful, obviously she still needs to feed her baby. And so it's going to be really important for her to either use donor milk or formula to feed her baby. Um, and at the same time, she needs to protect her milk supply by using a, a double electric breast pump to mm -hmm. pump her breasts every three hours for 15 minutes um, to protect her milk supply as it's coming in. And as that milk comes in, she can then use that milk to supplement um, her baby. So, um, you know, lactation consultants have so many tools and tricks and things that we can use to help, you know, regular parents have no idea you know I come in with my whole bag of tricks and they, they right yeah I think um yeah I remember when I was in the the hospital I had um someone come in and and I remember I was I was so uh nervous number one because my son was already getting like fussy to the point where he was like I can't take it and his head I remember was like moving all around and oh. she was like just hold him there <laughs> I was just like okay you know I you know I have my pillow and I, I was so ready for this because I knew you know as a pediatrician it was really important to me to to breastfeed my baby and so it, unfortunately he was very small he he was born five pounds four ounces oh, and wow. then he was like losing weight and they were like we're gonna formula feed him and I was like no you're not <laughs> so I kept him in the room with me I was like he's not going to the nursery he's staying here with me I'm trying my hardest like I yeah. made sure to like get up every three hours and put him to the breast and um, you know, actually, I don't know what your opinion is on this, but I, I brought a pacifier actually to uh -huh. the hospital with me because the, the hospitals have stopped giving out pacifiers prior to that. They did. And then by the time I had my son, they, they were not. So I said, let me just bring one with me. Uh -huh. and, um, and 
prior to me even having a baby, I always really, really um, discussed like nipple confusion and stuff like that with my own um, moms. So I was kind of like scared to give it to him, but I was like, he needs something to soothe him because he was just a very fussy baby. Yeah. So I remember like, I I also, I had an emergency C-section and I had to stay five days at the hospital. Oh, wow. So yeah, there were some complications. So I had to stay longer than I, I thought I would, but by, I think it was the third night I gave him the pacifier. And then the very next day, everything just kind of coordinated. I don't know what happened. I was like, okay, you know, so then I was like, okay, this kind of worked. I don't know if it helped him with his suck. I don't know what it was, but you know, that did happen to us. And I was like, okay. Um, because moms all the, you know, they always ask me about nipple confusion and I'm like, yeah, I know. I didn't give him formula. I just gave him a pacifier. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And well, that's good, it, it, especially because he was little, you know, it probably helped him with his suck coordination, yeah. you know, it's like a little training. Um, yeah. In general, for full-term babies, we don't recommend it because the way they suck on a pacifier, they, they kind of use their lips, and it's almost like um, sucking on the nipple. Yeah. So we want to teach them to suck with a bigger mouth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but I always tell people if it's 3 a.m. and nothing else is working, of course, try the pacifier, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. You know, definitely have them on hand. But we say just try to use it sparingly in the first month as they're learning to breastfeed. And after that, it can be just a wonderful tool. My daughter had hers till she was two and God, it gave her so much comfort, you know? Yes. 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 It really isn't all bad, I think, you know? Yeah, she had braces and I think she would have anyway. So, right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, I think, like I said, every, every baby, every mom is different. And so you kind of have to find that little way and, and allow that time to have, um, you know, that learning curve and not feel bad about it. Like, don't feel that the baby has to come out knowing exactly what to do and that you're going to just magically know how to do everything too. Like, you have to allow that time guilt-free to allow the two of you to get to know how to do this because it's something new usually you know for for both of you so um you know don't don't feel so or don't give up so easily is is basically what I want to say because I feel like so many of the times the moms tell me like oh he doesn't like it and I'm like my baby didn't like it either like the first three days were really really tough because I'm like hello um you know I'm trying to put you here you're kind of fighting me and then you know it, it felt like we were battling in a way and I I felt terrible about that because I'm like why don't you want this I want to give it to you so bad you know and you know it's like the best thing for them so that produces some more anxiety on top of it because you're like I really want to give you this gold (laughs) yeah so when they're kind of almost rejecting it in a way you're like this can't be you know you had a plan and you know just kind of stick to it and it's it's okay it's gonna be um a little period of time where you feel a little awkward but once you get into the floor, everything is really nice. So yeah, and that time. I want moms to, you know, realize, you know, moms will tell me that too. And I say like, he really isn't rejecting you. Like he doesn't have this whole like psychological plan to reject you. You know, he's just, you may not be holding him correctly or in a way that he feels secure, or you may not be like positioning the breast correctly where it sets him up for success. There's so many things that, you know, that we want to come into place and, you know, some moms are kind of timid about really holding the baby and really kind of taking control. They worry about their head and, you know, right. it's understandable. 
But, you know, as soon as we get the baby close enough and latched on correctly, the baby goes for it. And that's what they want. So mm -hmm. it's almost like they're crying, like, give me what I want. And the mom's thinking, well, why don't you want me? And it's really, right. it's not about that. But it's right. so hard when you're having, a, your, especially your first baby and you want to breastfeed and, yes. you know, yes. you want everything to work. And usually after a few days, it really comes together, especially as your milk increases in volume and your baby sucks and is like, oh, this is nice. This is good. Right. You know? right. Yeah. And one, one of the things that we were discussing is how when you have an anxious mom and an anxious baby, you know, or the mom is maybe, you know, making the baby feel a little stressed. And so the baby starts to be a little fussy um, also. So once you have that feeling of like the support from, you know, a lactation consultant, if you can get the support there, um, then usually that just eases you a little bit, which makes everything a little easier all in all with the baby and, and the breastfeeding. And then finally, everything seems to like, happen all of a sudden yeah I agree I agree moms need so much more support um you know I run a weekly free support group um a lot of lactation consultants do so I really you know encourage moms to look around in their area and see what kind of support they can find it's not only great to get help from a lactation consultant but also you meet a lot of great moms who have babies of similar age and you know I ended up my kids grew up with these people you know mm -hmm. mm -hmm. so it's just very valuable and um you're going through the trend you know you're in the trenches together and it's just right. great to have your little tribe of other women you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what advice would you give a new mom about her diet while nursing this is such a common like big time question <laughs> yeah yeah i understand it i remember when i first had my baby and my my friend was telling me oh no you you know you pretty much just can eat rice and chicken that's all you know and i was like what that can't yeah. be right you know so no moms can eat pretty much whatever they want um women all over the world eat all sorts of you know curries and beans and things that we think oh they might be you know gas-inducing, broccoli, right. you know, they, they green leafy vegetables, but really I wouldn't avoid anything initially because you don't know if your particular baby is going to have any kind of trouble with what you're eating, and so you don't want to limit yourself. Right. Um, so I just recommend eating whatever you want. You know, babies are fussy, and it's not necessarily what's in the breast milk. It's just they're getting used to this new world, and right. so you shouldn't assume that, you know, you can't eat something. But having said that, you know, whatever you eat does get to your breast milk about four to six hours later. Mm -hmm. So if you do have something unusual for lunch that you don't normally eat, and then maybe around dinner time when ba all babies are fussy, <laughs> your baby is fussy, That's right. yeah. you know, if you can recreate that, maybe two days later have that same food. And if your baby gets fussy again, your baby may, may be sensitive to that food, but it's typically temporary. Mm -hmm. So you may wait a couple of weeks and then maybe their digestive system is more mature and they can handle having that food. So it's right. certainly not any kind of situation where, you know, you're going to avoid numerous foods for months at a time. Um, the other thing I like to tell moms is that if they are, if they enjoy caffeine, mm -hmm. um, they can definitely have up to two cups of caffeine at this point. Coffee. If they're <laughs> Being a coffee drinker, I, um, I like to share that information and moms often feel very happy about that. And, you know, it really shouldn't affect their baby at all because it has to go through her own digestive system and then into the baby's digestive system. And so by the time the baby gets the caffeine, it's so mild, you mild. know? Yeah. Yeah. So moms really need it because they're 
not used to, you know, having to wake up so frequently and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep. So they can have up to two cups of coffee or tea. I think, um, especially like when it comes to the diet, I find in many cultures, there are like certain traditional things. Um, I know for like, for our culture, Latinos, like we usually want the moms to drink a lot of like oatmeal and sometimes we like encourage more milk and those are the, the usual, like for my culture. But I think, um, yes, I also have a, a large population of, um, parents from India and they, they really keep up the same diet, even the spicy um, in the food and everything. It's not like it's altered or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and the babies do totally fine. So I, I say the same thing, like try to keep your, your diet as normal as you can. And I also encourage moms, like this is not a good time for you to be on a diet because mm-hmm. I know like everyone is in a rush to lose that baby weight, but yeah. you're burning anyway, you're producing all this milk. And so I, I don't want moms to be on any strict diets at this point. I don't think that that's helpful um, for them or for the baby. I think, you know, for, you know, baby needs uh, a good amount of, of everything, calories and fat and protein and everything. So you don't want to alter your diet in such a drastic way and, you know, reduce your calories so much. Yeah, it's so true. You burn about 500 calories a day mm-hmm. just by sitting there breastfeeding. And, you know, I, I like to say like it took nine months for the weight to come on. It's not going to come off in one month, you know, right. it's right. going to take time and it will happen naturally. And, um, you know, we want to make sure that the mom is, is eating enough and getting enough calories and protein, you know, yeah. for the breast milk. Right. Like, I I just feel like there's so many unrealistic goals, especially with social media and all the beautiful pictures. And, you know, everyone wants to take these gorgeous pictures and put them on Instagram and everything. But it's, it's gonna happen. You just have to give it time and not beat yourself up for that, because you have so many other things going on. Like the last thing you need to worry about is getting back into your pre pregnancy genes. Like, forget that. That's, that shouldn't be a stress that you're putting on yourself. I feel yeah. like, you know, there's just too many things that you're transitioning into and your body is just trying to recover from it. It's a big deal, you know, going through that, that stress that your body goes through and, you know, creating this baby for nine months and then going through the birthing process itself is very stressful on the body. So, you know, you have to give it time to heal. And it's, it's okay. It's okay. And be all right with that. You know, like own that. That's all right. (laughs) Yeah. It's part of the process. Um, You know, bring your maternity genes to the hospital because you're going to wear them home. Right. Right. you're, you know, it's always surprising to people. Why do you still look pregnant? (laughs) I know. And everything doesn't come out right away. Like your body is altered and it's going to take time for it to go back, you know? Yes. Yes. And, and that's totally fine. I remember when I was breastfeeding, I would have these like crazy sweats where (laughs) I just felt like I would lose five pounds all of a sudden, you know, like I would wake up in the morning and my, my bed sheets were drenched and it was just because I would just like have all these sweats and everything was just coming off. Um, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't, as much as I wanted to be back at my like pre-pregnancy weight, I was also, 
I was okay with it, even though I didn't think I would be, because I, I noticed how it was just naturally happening anyway with the breastfeeding. Yeah. So it was like, no big deal. You know, yeah. there's so many benefits to breastfeeding, like the uterus, you know, getting back to its like original size and everything. It's okay. Like it, the body knows what it's doing. I think, yeah. you know, trust, trust, um, trust in the higher being who created all of this. Like it, there's a reason why everything happens. So don't put that extra stress on yourself. If your body can create this perfect baby, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Of course it knows what it's doing. <laughs> yeah, it definitely does. Like there's a lot of things that I cannot explain as a doctor, but I know that, you know, your body really knows what it's doing. So just let it do what it has to do. Yeah. And what can a new mom do to ease her transition back to work? Oh, that's a great question. I get I get this a lot. I, I typically ask moms right away, like, when are you planning on going back to work? Um, and if they're planning to go back to work. Um, so, you know, I, I recommend that they reach out to their employer ahead of time, maybe a couple of weeks ahead of time, you know, via phone or email and just check in about expectations. Um, of course, mom's going to need some break times. And mm. typically, moms will pump for 15 minutes. But you know, you also need time to clean your parts, the pump parts, and, you know, store the milk and maybe change your bra if you're putting on like a hands-free pumping bra. Mm -hmm. So you're going to need probably more like a half hour. And most moms will do that about three times during a typical workday. Mm -hmm. So you want to talk ahead of time about, you know, these break times and when they're going to work for your employer. And you also, um, really want to make sure that you have a suitable pumping location that you can, um, a private area that you can pump in, Mm -hmm. Um, not a closet or a bathroom. Shouldn't be a bathroom. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, you want to talk ahead of time. And, you know, if you're the first person that has had a baby at a company, you know, you're going to really have to pave the way for other moms about what's expected. Yes. Um, But a lot of times, you know, they've dealt with this before and it's really good to reach out to the other moms at companies and say, you know, where did you pump? And, Mm-hmm. What were your challenges? Do you have any recommendations of what worked best for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, because moms are a great resource and they want to help each other. So yes, that's true. The other thing is, you know, try returning midweek. Don't start on a Monday, you know, start on a Wednesday. Uh, going yeah, Give yourself like two days. Routine mm-hmm. is a lot of work. Maybe start on a Wednesday or Thursday, do it for a couple of days, have the weekend to evaluate and see, you know, what worked, what didn't. That's um, really good advice. Yeah. And there's a lot of products out there that help make pumping at work easier. Um, you know, a lot of women don't want to go in the bathroom or they don't want to go to the, the kitchen sink and start washing all their pump parts in front of their male colleagues. You mm-hmm, know? So mm-hmm. There are different, you know, there's like microwave steam clean bags that you can put your parts into and just microwave them for a minute with some water. Mm. They have quick clean, um, like antibacterial wipes for the pump parts that you can just clean privately. Nice. Um, there's also hands-free pumping bras. So if you're somebody that works on your computer and you have a private space, you can yes. clean if you need to while you're pumping. Right, right. Um, so there are quite a few products out there that really help. Um, some moms tend to have a little trouble um, maximizing their milk supply through the pump when they're away from their baby. And mm-hmm. it's hormonal because you're not with your baby all day anymore. Yes. Your body is... Your mind is shifted into work mode. And so when you, you know, you're running from a meeting thinking, oh my gosh, it's been three hours, I have to pump. And you just put the machine on and you're like, okay, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. 
if your body is feeling stressed like that, it's you're probably not going to get the most amount of milk. So one thing I encourage moms to do is instead of working on your computer, you might look at your phone and watch some videos of your newborn or your mm-hmm. baby mm-hmm. pictures and will actually stimulate that oxytocin bonding hormone. Yes, yes. I especially was, you know, happening in the beginning. If you look at those really early videos, I tell people take a bunch of video because this is going to help you when you go back to work. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. I had the luxury of calling my baby every time I was pumping. So I was, I, I was always on the phone with him and, you know, doing all the little baby talk and everything with him. Uh-huh. And, and that's a great and, idea. Too. Yeah. I was, I was only able to pump like once a day. I only pumped during my lunchtime, uh-huh. um, but I, I didn't lose my milk supply and I was able to, to exclusively breastfeed him um, his first nine months. So Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, you know, that, that really helped having him on the screen and just having the back and forth kind of relationship yeah. through FaceTime. <laughs> yeah, you can do that in these modern times. That's a great idea. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned that, you know, pumping once at work, like every mom is different and, and that can work for people. And I also tell people like, sometimes they get worried like, well, should I call my mom or my caregiver and, and see what time he's eating so that I can time it exactly. I can pump exactly at the same time. And it, it really isn't, it doesn't matter. It's not like that. It's just approximately every three hours. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a meeting that goes three and a half or four hours, it's really okay. Just pump right. when you can, um, you know, but you don't have to coordinate it with it, uh, the baby's feeding times. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I would make sure though that I fed him before and you know put him to the breast before I left to work and as soon as I got home from work that was the first thing I did too it was like come on buddy let's go have our yeah. feeding um yeah. to, you know to keep up and you know obviously like and during, during the night and stuff like that yeah. um so when I was home it was exclusive just putting him to the breast and I, I didn't pump only at, at work but you know all of that helped for me to keep up my milk supply that's great. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of milk supply, there are certain foods and um, herbs that can help mm-hmm. increase your supply if you're struggling with that. Yes. Um, you had mentioned oatmeal. That is that is a food that is what we call a galactagog, which is an mm-hmm. herb food that you know naturally can increase milk supply. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage moms if you're if they're having trouble with supply, do they like oatmeal? If they do, that's a great breakfast food. Mm-hmm. Um, Make sure you're drinking enough water um, yes. or tea, but, you know, I don't want people to drown themselves with it. You know, drink to thirst. People think like, oh, you have to drink gallons and gallons of water to make milk. No, your body will make milk, um, but you do want to make sure, you know, you're drinking enough and you're going to feel very hydrated. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then there's herbs that um, we know that can help increase milk supply that they sell in like capsule format or tinctures. Mm-hmm. They help. Um some people ask me about like um, mother's milk tea. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I say, you know, it's it's great, um, but you have to drink about five cups a day for it to make any kind of difference. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's not like you're just going to have one cup of tea in the afternoon and that's going to help your milk supply. Mm-hmm. Um, so really you only need to drink mother's milk tea if you have any kind of milk supply issue, unless you want it to just be like one, one cup a day. So what I recommend, especially in the warm months, is make – iced tea out of it and then that way they can drink that instead of their water if they like it Mm -hmm. Um, but the tinctures are really the most potent and they're the easiest because you can just put it you know it's very concentrated put it into Mm -hmm. a little you know cup of um, water or juice and just drink that typically like three times a day so 
Mm, That's okay. a good thing to do. All right, good. And how do you know when is the right time to wean a baby off of breast milk? Um, so it's a really good question, and it's a very personal question. Mm -hmm. um, um, we I typically say, you know, as long as both baby and mom uh, mutually desire to continue, then you should continue. Um, if you are feeling resentful of, of the time it's taking, um, you want more help, um, you know, or for whatever reason it is, you decide that you're ready to wean, then you should do that. And it shouldn't be based on, you know, societal expectations or expectations of your family or friends. You know, a mother's decision to, to wean is personal and it's just based on her individual desires. Um, babies typically do not wean on their own before their first birthday if they haven't received bottles. Um, some babies will end up preferring a bottle, and so that can be a little bit of a struggle. Yes. Um, so that is a reason why some people end up weaning. But if you are exclusively breastfeeding, most babies will not wean before their first birthday. And mm -hmm. so if you want to wean your baby before the first birthday, it's going to be what we call parent-led, where the mom is going to slowly, you know, substitute a bottle for a feeding and slowly mm -hmm. wean. Um, and then sometimes... Um, you know, moms will say, I'm going to breastfeed him until he's five years old. And the baby at 10 months has decided she's done. She doesn't right. want to breastfeed anymore. So it really can go both ways. And right. that can be really hard on the mom. She's got yes. ideas of what she wants. And that's one of the hardest things about parenting is that, you know, you have all these grand plans and children and babies, they have their own ideas about what they want for the rest of their lives. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You so, have to be okay with that. <laughs> So it really can go both ways, um, you know, regardless of who initiates it, it can be a very emotional process because, you know, you're stopping this breastfeeding. It really should be gradual, um, not only because you want to train your body to wean off the amount of breast milk that is demanded so that you mm -hmm. don't have any kind of infection, mm -hmm. but also it's best if, it, if you can do it gradually for emotional reasons because it is quite a strong bond um, right. attachment. Yes. You know, going from eight feedings a day to none or one can be hard and, and physically and emotionally. So yeah. I always recommend just trying to do it gradually. You know, people will tell me they want to have another baby, they want to wean, but the baby, you know, their toddler is loving it. And we just talk about maybe dropping, you know, one or two feedings a month, you know, as right. you're preparing for the second baby, you know. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, in some cases, you have to do it quicker, and you can over a week or two period. Right. Really, it's it's done quite gradually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I did it very gradually, also because I loved it so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it it was not painful. It worked out for both of us. Uh, you know, he wasn't going crazy looking for me, and and but that so like that 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 bond is so nice that it's hard to give that part up. It, yes, it really yeah. is. Like I still, I miss it when, you know, my best memories of, of him being a newborn is with you breastfeeding him. Like we just had such a nice time. It was beautiful. Oh, and you know, I, I definitely promote breastfeeding. What I don't promote is um, mommy's getting all stressed out. That's, that's the one thing, you know, and I always tell parents like, you know, you, you know, sometimes you have a plan and it doesn't work out, but I think as long as you're doing your best or, you know, 
you have to be kind of flexible. Just like you said, everybody has a different plan. The baby may have a different plan. So you have to welcome that and, you know, not fight it so much. Uh, but for me, the most important thing is not to stress yourself out to the point where you're isolating yourself or, um, you know, like beating yourself up so much or comparing yourself to other people. Um, you do your best. You, you, you give your baby what you can and your baby's going to do just fine. I know um, sometimes that's hard for some mothers when they really were so... Um, like set on on a certain whatever ideal they had and and if they didn't achieve it that can be really difficult uh but with all the hormonal changes that that you're going through you have to be open to what works for everyone like yeah. that that should be the goal it's just everybody should feel good about this you know um Absolutely. not not living up to like what you saw someone else do Exactly. And you know, if, if the mom, if mom is not really happy breastfeeding, mm -hmm. probably not bonding very well with her baby, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to me, that's number one. You yes. know, I always tell people I was raised on formula. I think I turned out okay. Right. Of course we're promoting breastfeeding, but you know, there are different there, are, you know, it's not black or white. You can mm -hmm. definitely do a combination. Yes. yes. I can tell you how to do that. You know, mm -hmm. I can help you do that safely. Um, it, I really just like to ask moms, what are, what are their personal goals? And I like to help them achieve it. And like you said, that can change, you know, you right. have a goal, you may have to, you know, you often have to adjust your goals in parenting, right? That's right. Often, so, very often. <laughs> yes, yes. More than they would expect. Right. So that was, that was one of the biggest transitions. I used to be a project manager and I loved how everything was just laid out and planned and, you know. I would try to do something with my daughter and, you know, she, she cried or, you know, I had set her up in her, in her little uh, swing and I was going to exercise one day. And I remember she just cried and cried and I, I had to stop exercising and it was, it was hard. And I was like, gosh, like, you're not going along with my plan. And I know. And they often don't. <laughs> you no longer can do exactly what you want to do, but you get a lot of rewards and. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. it does it really does you have to be easy with yourself and you know not not put so much um stress on yourself because i think we we beat ourselves up so much for everything yeah for everything and it's it's not the time to do that especially yeah. when the baby first comes like that's really not the time to do it yeah you just kind of have to be open and you know reach out to whichever support you do have um to get you through that transitional period because it can be um really difficult with the sleep deprivation and everything so you know hormone sleep deprivation and and just trying to figure out this new way of living is is, is pretty tough yeah. but, you know talking about new way of living um so one of the the other reasons why i think you know expecting parents and um and new moms need to have this latch baby book is because we're going through this new time with the coronavirus and no one wants someone like in their space right now so you need to have a really good um companion for for breastfeeding and i think you know your latch baby book is exactly what 
new moms need, you know, moms that want to breastfeed. This is exactly like what you should have because the illustrations are so perfect and the chapters are so nice and it really is written um, to get exactly to the point. So that's what I really love about it. It's um, it's a beautiful book. And thank you for creating that because it, like I told you, I, it was divine timing. Like with all of this that's coming yeah. up, this was exactly what um what moms who want to breastfeed need like i i i think they should take a look at it and see how nice and easy it'll just make the whole um breastfeeding process you know go and um why wouldn't you want to have something like that at home to help you out during this time yeah that that was really my goal you know as a lactation consultant I would often, you know, I'd go into a, a bookstore and I would think, oh, I wonder what breastfeeding books they have, you know, and they usually had two or three and I would look at them and sometimes they were, you know, really long and, you know, very text heavy. And I thought, I'm not yeah. sure who's reading, you know, I, I would love to read a book like that, but I'm not sure every mom has the time for to read that. And I thought, gosh, I could create something, you know, that's just a little more concise. And I, you know, I, I'm a visual learner and mm -hmm. I appreciate visual beauty and mm -hmm. I thought, there were pictures and, you know, it would just be easier. There's so much that we can explain through pictures. Um, and having worked in the toy industry, I had, you know, colleagues who were um, illustrators, artists, all sorts of, you know, people who had these talents. So I reached out to this one, you know, woman and she did all the illustrations and I just love her style. Yeah, it's gorgeous. I, I, I love it. I just love it. And that's what attracted me to the book initially, because when I saw the post of the illustration, I was like, wow, why hasn't anyone done this? <laughs> this was exactly what should have been done years ago, because just like you said, like breastfeeding books, when you read them, they're so like technical, they're made for like people, I, I feel like in the medicine um, world, you know, if you're a lay person, I don't know how easy it is for you to understand all of that. Yeah. It, it's too textbook like I, I that's not what people are looking for yeah. um so this was this was just like perfect perfect and perfect timing good um I'm so happy that um that you created this is like I said it, it it was a pleasure to like see it and and just look through it and, and what I think is um needed in in new parents lives right now I really, I want them to take a look at it. I want them to have this at home. If your plan is to breastfeed, this is a must. You have to have this book. Thank you. And they can purchase it on Amazon, just so you know. Yeah, <laughs> and you can get it at home, you see, even during the coronavirus. Yes. So, <laughs> so it's easy breezy. It's like, that's what everyone needs right now. We don't need um, anything complicated during this time. For sure. Thank you so much, Tracy, for doing this with me. It was such a pleasure meeting you and looking through your book and having you on the show. I I totally want to just thank you for, for taking out the time, you know, especially right now um, when I know time is so precious for everybody. But thank you so much. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Okay. Let everybody know where they can find you, please. Oh, so um, my website is Tracy Lactation, and that's with an E-Y at the end of Tracy, mm -hmm. tracylactation.com, mm -hmm. um, and they can also find me on Instagram at, at latchbabybook. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.
To listen to more podcasts, please visit us at drdavinalopez.com and follow us on Instagram at drdavinalopez. Thank you for listening. Please keep in mind that all advice given in this podcast is general information. To understand your specific situation, you must consult with your pediatrician.